Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. going on guys thank you so very much for joining me right here on off the script this is your smackdown post show for january 20th 2023 i am your host jd from new york as always coming to you live from the ots venue thank you guys so very much for joining me on your friday evenings wherever you oh my god i got the dino look at this oh Jesse, what'd you do, bro? I got the dynamite shit up, man. Oh, my goodness, bro. What the fuck is wrong with you, bro? It can't be Wednesday every night, man. Oh, my goodness. Holy shit. Making me look like a fucking amateur over here, man. Holy shit. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's long-term booking. Yeah, I, I, I know. I know. It's long-term booking. Anyway, thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Friday evenings where every... Good thing I'm set up, bro. Good thing I got fucking uh, what I need to do here, man. Holy shit. Come on, Jesse. Jesus fucking Christ making me look bad. Anyway, we got a lot to get into, ladies and gentlemen, tonight. Uh, SmackDown, uh, all joking aside, was... I don't I don't know, man. I, I don't know. You know, I like some of the show. I liked the opening tag team match with Drew McIntyre and Sheamus against the Viking Raiders. I thought that was a great tag team match. That was 
a great way to start the show. I thought Imperium and the Brawling Brutes was a great tag team match. I thought the closing segment with the Bloodline, anything regarding the Bloodline is always good on SmackDown or Raw when they're on TV. And I thought the contract signing was basically what it needed to be. Kevin Owens shows up, he stuns, he causes chaos, he signs the contract, takes care of the bloodline, destroys Roman Reigns, and then goodbye, the show is over. Other than that, WWE really, really, really exposed themselves on SmackDown in certain areas. And I'm going to start off with this right at the top, this tag team title tournament. Triple H... There's news on this, and I want to read this. I wanted to save this for Friday, but I'll probably end up repeating this on Friday anyway because not everybody watches the SmackDown post. You guys will wait till off the script. So, you know, some of these stories I'll probably reiterate again on Sunday when I'm live for episode 460. But there is a new story about Triple H and the Usos and the tag team title situation. The reason why Triple H is now wanting the Usos to defend the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships separate from one another. They are not unified. They are not undisputed. They are legitimately still separated and belong to Raw and SmackDown. WWE has announced that the Usos will defend the Tag Team titles this coming Monday against Dominic Mysterio and Damian Priest on Raw 30. I'm excited for Raw 30. I think it's going to be a big show. I think it's going to be a newsworthy show. It is the week leading into the Royal Rumble. I'm very excited about Monday. Hopefully you guys are as well. This caught fans off guard when WWE has the Usos all year holding both the Raw and SmackDown Tag Team Championships, and then all of a sudden on Raw 30, they have to defend the Monday Night Raw Tag Team Championships and not the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, Dave Meltzer reported that having the Usos defend the title separately again is a call from Triple H. This is a creative call from Paul Levesque. The idea right now on the tag team front is that there are two sets of titles. The Usos are the champions, but the Raw and SmackDown titles are different. This is a new Paul Levesque move, and it does allow the Usos to lose one set of belts and keep the other. I don't like that. I think that's a terrible creative move. We don't get all this way right before WrestleMania, and then you tease the Usos possibly losing before WrestleMania, where we all know where this storyline is going to go. It was explained to Dave Meltzer that the hope is to make fans think it's more likely somebody beats them for one set of the titles. Now, I get that. I can appreciate that. I could really sit down and appreciate that aspect. They wanted to make a change to make things seem a little bit more unpredictable. But again, we came all this way. And now you want to start separating the titles when before nobody gave a single shit about separating the titles. This tag team tournament tonight did one thing in my eyes. Yes, there are some fantastic tag teams in WWE. I love the Brawling Brutes. I think Imperium, outside the Usos, is the best tag team in all of WWE. I think they are fucking incredible. Legato Del Fantasma, incredible. I love those four guys, right? You got Sheamus and Drew McIntyre now. 
I don't know if they're a legit tag team. I don't know if they're going to be on the set of Bang Bros. I don't know if they're going to be guests on the Banger Bus. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going on there. But I like them as a tag team because I like Drew McIntyre and I very much like Sheamus, right? So we got some solid tag teams on SmackDown. On Monday Night Raw, we got Alpha Academy. We got the Street Profits. We have, you know, some great tag teams over there as well on Monday night. It's not enough, especially for tonight, to sustain two divisions. And what WWE did tonight was really expose and show you that they are not built right now to handle two divisions separately on Raw and on SmackDown. This entire tournament was basically a fucking, let's throw a dart at the creative board and see what team lands and goes up against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. That's all it was. They have eight tag teams, five of which, I mean, how many tag teams are in this tournament? We got, well, we got uh, eight teams. I mean, look at the fucking teams that are in this goddamn tournament. Hit Row? Nobody's taking Hit Row to be serious as contenders, especially going up against Drew McIntyre and Sheamus next week. Then you got Maximum Male Models. I'm sorry, when did we get Maximum Male Models back on TV? Why are they on TV? They were promptly taken off TV because the gimmick sucks. Makes you think who really is in charge. And if this was one of Vince McMahon's creative suggestions that we talked about earlier in the week. Don't know why they're on TV. Don't know why they're in this tag team title tournament when nobody at all watching this show takes them seriously. Then you got Los Lotharios. I think Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo are highly, and I mean highly, underrated and completely misused. I don't know why you put them in this tournament when, A, they have no momentum whatsoever, they're only used as jobbers, and they deserve so much better than that. You would think with Triple H taking charge over creative that Angel Garza, at least, would be a prominent star on this brand, and he hasn't done shit since Triple H has taken over. Why? I don't get it. This entire tag team tournament is basically the Brawling Brutes and Imperium, and that's it. That is it. You got eight teams in this tournament, and three teams stand out as legit teams. I'm sorry. And I don't mean any disrespect towards the Viking Raiders. They're a great team, but the gimmick sucks. The gimmick sucks. This Valhalla bullshit is way over the top, and I don't really think it's going anywhere for them at all. I want the War Raiders back, or at least the Viking Raiders doing the War Raiders shtick, because that was the tag team that we all fell in love with, especially on the black and gold. I don't know what the fuck these two guys are doing right now with this magic Viking fucking voodoo gimmick that they got. It's not good. They're a great tag team. Don't get me wrong. Tonight's match was fucking fantastic. I thought it was a great tag team match, but that gimmick is not bringing them anywhere where they need to be. This tag team division has been exposed. And you saw this with the brackets tonight. They don't have enough teams legitimately to sustain two divisions. So again, I ask, why are we having the Usos defend the Raw Tag Team titles against the Judgment Day and then have them defend the Tag Team titles against the winner of this tournament? Is it really for the sake of keeping things unpredictable? 
when we all know that Sami Zayn is inevitably and eventually going to get kicked out of the bloodline and probably going to end up with Kevin Owens and probably maintain the feud with the bloodline and more than likely win the tag team championships at WrestleMania. Do you really need to start the unpredictability train now when we went through how many fucking teams with the Usos defending both the Raw and SmackDown tag team championships? Either merge the titles, merge the divisions, or cut this creative fucking bullshit. It doesn't make sense. I'm going to say this once, and I'm going to say it again. The Usos, in no way, shape, or form, should be losing anything at all before WrestleMania. So you can make all the unpredictable creative decisions you want. It doesn't matter. The Usos should not lose to anybody before they lose to Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. That is all I will say on that. And if you think otherwise, if you're one of these geeks who thinks the Judgment Day should be the tag team champions on Monday Night Raw, I'm sorry. The Judgment Day is not priority right now. I don't give a shit what you what you think of Dominic Mysterio. I don't care how much of a love fest it is for Rhea Ripley. I don't care. Nobody on Raw should be beating the Usos. Nobody on Raw should be, nobody on SmackDown should be beating the Usos either. What you do with the tag team titles is the same thing you do when Cody Rhodes defeats Roman Reigns for the World Championship at WrestleMania. Fingers crossed on that one. Cody wins the title, or Cody wins the Undisputed Championship. Come Monday Night Raw, that's when we have the draft. Via the draft, the title that Cody Rhodes doesn't want the universal title gets shipped over to SmackDown and then you take care of business over there and you split the titles. You do the same thing with the tag team titles via the draft. When Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens win the tag team titles at WrestleMania, they win the tag team titles and I would assume they stay on SmackDown and the Raw tag team titles can be shipped back over to Monday night. It is not that difficult. It is not that difficult. You're holding this tournament and that tournament and six-pack challenge and fucking gauntlet match and whatever the fuck you want to come up with to kill TV time because Monday Night Football has devoured Monday Night Raw every single fucking week this football season. I don't care what you come up with. I don't give a shit who you put in the ring together. I don't give a shit what match you make and how good it's going to be. The Usos cannot lose a match before WrestleMania. Creatively, it is malpractice if that happens. Now, I want to give Triple H the benefit of the doubt. I think he knows the Usos cannot lose the tag team championship to anybody but Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn when the time comes. And if they lose the tag team championships on Monday and we crown Judgment Day the Raw Tag Team Champions, I'm going to have a fucking fit because that shit sucks. You made it all this way and now you want to change shit up? We are legitimately going into February and WrestleMania is going to be two months away and now you want to start fucking with the formula? No. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Either that, either that or Vince is running creative. Maybe Vince, in the seven months he's been out, has developed serious Alzheimer's and he doesn't realize that the Usos are holding both championships and he needs to have them defend one championship and then the other championship. I don't know. I don't know. But we need common logic here. Common logic needs to be applied. And the Usos cannot lose a match, period. The other big thing that happened tonight is Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. 
that was the other big story coming out of that contract signing, which was barely a contract signing, was more like a sneak attack by Kevin Owens on the bloodline. In the beginning of the show, something happened between Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns that would play throughout the entire show tonight. Then Roman Reigns talked to Sami Zayn because Paul Heyman convinced him to do so. Roman Reigns made up with Sami Zayn and told him that his temper is large and sometimes he gets ahead of himself and doesn't think. That's why he's hired the counselor. The tribal chief has Paul Heyman in his corner, the wise man. Then he tells Sami Zayn to go get the limousine ready, make sure the jet is ready. I'm going to go out there, take care of Kevin Owens' business, make sure the Usos and Solo are ready to go and we can get the hell out of here when I sign this contract. That's what he wanted Sami Zayn to do. Now, the Usos were out there with Roman Reigns. Solo Sokoa was out there with Roman Reigns via the contract signing. And Sami Zayn was nowhere to be found. All of a sudden, Kevin Owens' sneak attacks. The bloodline takes care of everybody. Power bombs Roman Reigns through a table. And Sami Zayn comes out, and he is the last to arrive. But when he arrives, the bloodline was already taken out completely. And then he stares down Kevin Owens and does not get in the ring to do anything to stop him. And by the time he does, Kevin Owens is already gone. He escaped through the crowd. Sami Zayn is not going to be looked at as an oos next week. That wasn't very oosy of Sami Zayn. I don't know what's going on. I don't see a lot of people online talking about, well, it's too predictable if Roman and the bloodline turn on Sami. Everybody thinks that Sami Zayn is going to end up leaving the bloodline. What type of impact would that be? That's not what we're going for here. Sami Zayn leaving the bloodline on his own accord? No. No, I'm sorry. That would absolutely kill everything that you've watched up until this point. Why would you want Sami Zayn to leave the bloodline on his own accord because he comes to a fucking conclusion that they've been using him? No. Sami Zayn wants to be in the bloodline. Sami Zayn wants to be Sami Uso. He wants to be the honorary Uso. He wants to find that common ground with Roman Reigns. And when he doesn't have it, he's going to be upset. And one day... It's going to come out of nowhere, and they basically gave you a hint, possibly, of where it's going. Roman Reigns has anger issues, and that anger is going to force him to do something that just comes out of nowhere, man, like a, like a fucking light switch going off. Roman Reigns has anger issues. His anger gets the best of him sometimes, and that anger is going to come out all over Sami Zayn. I don't know what's going on there, but the layers of this storyline have been great. One week, it's something. The next week, it's something else. Sami Zayn potentially leaving the bloodline on his own. And then the bloodline today welcomes Sami Zayn back. And then things happen that make you question about where this is going. This has been the best storyline in WWE since the Yes Movement. Since Brian won the fucking title at WrestleMania 30, this has been the best storyline since then. That was fucking nine years ago. This is great shit. I love being fucking tugged at both ends. Where's it going? It's going here one week, then somewhere else the next week. I think it's great. Awesome, awesome stuff. So we will see what happens going into the Royal Rumble next week on Friday when it's the go-home show for SmackDown. Other than that, everything else on this show was basically non-existent. It sucked. This was a very up-and-down show. This was a very 50-50 show. And we will go over the Naomi situation. Apparently, Fightful put out something on Naomi, and I got it queued up right here. 
Something on Naomi that was reiterated by Ringside News tonight. I don't know if they falsified the report. I don't know why they would, but Ringside News got heat. SAP got heat tonight. I don't really give a shit about either one of them, but I'm going to tell you exactly what is going on. Shit that you don't know about that isn't in the Fightful Report. And it's going to make you think, hmm, maybe Naomi is on her way back to WWE. Because I've already given you guys my take on Naomi and why I think Naomi winning the Royal Rumble would be fucking great. Because God forbid we have anybody but Naomi win the Royal Rumble. I mean, holy shit. What are we looking at on SmackDown? Rhea Ripley could potentially win the Royal Rumble. I've been going with Rhea for months now. Rhea winning the Royal Rumble. Rhea going on to WrestleMania to wrestle Bianca. I think that's great, but we could get there through the Elimination Chamber in Montreal. But what if Naomi wins the Royal Rumble? Who else would win the Royal Rumble Challenge Charlotte on SmackDown at WrestleMania? Are we looking at Sonya Deville? Are we looking at a multi-woman match? Are we looking at Ronda Rousey again? Are we looking at, God forbid, Lacey Evans? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Please. Please, I'd like, I'd like to make it to WrestleMania alive. I don't want to see that match ever take place on any wrestling show, period. You want a bathroom break? There you go. There you go. We'll talk about Naomi as well right here on Off the Script. I appreciate you guys joining me, man. Sorry I came on a little late. Normally on Fridays, I'm on around 1030 Eastern Time live on YouTube. I, I had to watch my boy Willie Mack, bro. I have to watch my boy, Willie Mack. Willie Mack and Brian Cage. I did like the match from Dark a little bit better. Although Willie Mack was uh, given a shot because of how good that match was on Dark. And the beginning was a little rough and then it picked up. But I think the crowd just really made the Dark match. And this crowd was not as hot as that one. So still an enjoyable match. But I had to sit up and watch my boy, Willie Mack and Brian Cage go to work, man. Lucha Underground on AEW, man. You love to see it. Follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Please hit that bell, man. I want you guys to be notified of when I go live and when I upload anything on the channel. 448 likes, and we got 2,000 people in the venue. Why? I need at least, at least, 1,000 likes minimum tonight for the SmackDown Post Show. Super Chats are open. Get them on in. 
Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. I got my cold beverage ready to go. Memberships are open. Hit that join button. Become a channel member right here on OTS. You guys know the deal. Emotes, badges, VIP chats on Sunday. Awesome shit. So hit that join button. Become a channel member right here on OTS. Go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel. Tons of it. YouTube Shorts, OTS Extra. And we'll be live on Sunday night with episode 460 of the podcast. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Manscaped. We got some new merch. I don't have it yet. Mine's on order. And we'll be doing an unboxing on the show. But we got some new Manscaped stuff, man. And Manscaped is sponsoring the show tonight. Manscaped.com. And you guys are going to use that code SCRIPT20 at checkout to save yourself 20% off and free shipping. Gotta love it, man. Let's start at the top with SmackDown. We got the Bloodline opening the show. They show up in limousines. Roman Reigns gets out. Sami Zayn is there. The Usos, Solo Sokoa. Paul Heyman, Sammy is overly excited about what's going on here. It's a big night for the bloodline. So Sammy Zane puts out a fist bump to Roman Reigns. And Roman Reigns looks at him angrily and walks away. Sammy Zane didn't know what to do. His jaw dropped. He wondered what happened, what he did wrong. Heyman and Solo looked at him as they walked by as if he did something wrong and if he has something seriously to worry about. I don't know, man. From our vantage point, you know, Sami Zayn didn't do anything wrong. Sami Zayn did nothing wrong, actually. He did what he had to do last week, and it was the Usos who came to help him, and I knew Sami Zayn was going to be blamed for something that he didn't do. The Usos caused a disqualification, and he did not get the job done when Roman Reigns bestowed him another opportunity to get in his good graces. So I knew that was going to come into play and be a factor here this week. So Roman Reigns starting off exactly how we expected, angry at Sami Zayn. Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, the banger bros. Now, if anybody in the journalism realm in the IWC want a real story, I need to know if Sheamus and Drew McIntyre arrived to the building on the banger bus. That's what I want to know. You know what goes down on the banger bus, bro. On the banger bus, bro. The banger bros. Yes, they're still running with the banger bros. Meanwhile, if you go Google, you know. I don't need to tell you, you know. And so does Sheamus, because they're still running with it. So... This match went about 18 minutes or so. Love Michael Cole here. Michael Cole paid respects to Jay Briscoe on commentary. Mentioned Jay Briscoe. Mentioned Mark Briscoe. Mentioned the Briscoe brothers and their influence on the tag team realm and professional wrestling. Loved it. It was quick and it was beautiful. I'm glad that they mentioned it. And you're seeing this a lot more in the world of pro wrestling. You got it on NXT with Vic Joseph. Obviously, AEW did their deal on Wednesday night. WWE did it on Friday. It's still a very, very sensitive subject. And I still honestly, to this day, it's, it's now what? It's, it's uh, Tuesday it happened, right? 
It's Friday, and I still can't believe what happened. I still can't. It doesn't. It still doesn't even feel real, honestly. And I love that they were allowed to do that. And that's that's just Triple H's influence over the show. Now, I don't want to say because, you know, it's a very sensitive thing. And a lot of that roster traveled with the Briscoes, wrestled the Briscoes, came up with the Briscoes. So I don't want to make an assumption because we don't really know. But it's very difficult to really think about if it would be said if Vince McMahon was there. Because Triple H has allowed Michael Cole... Wade Barrett, Corey Graves, to be very loose and very lenient on commentary. They all are now acting like human beings. I don't know if this would have been done with Vince McMahon. I I, I would like to be wrong in that assessment, but I find it very difficult for Vince to really care about anything outside his WWE bubble. But I'm glad Michael Cole did the right thing, and even the Viking Raiders, they were wearing Dem Boys armbands, on their arms in this match, which was uh, also very beautiful. So this broke into a big brawl. They did not wait to get this one started. Sheamus took over, hitting 10 beats on both Ivar and Eric. Sheamus went for white noise on Eric, but Ivar cut him off. Ivar and Eric, they were uh, beating down on the banger bros before we go to a commercial break. This one went to two commercial breaks. Viking Raiders were in control. They were taking care of Sheamus. He fought back. He broke free. Uppercut. Eric fired back with some stiff forearms after the uppercut. Sheamus recovered and hit an Irish curse backbreaker. Then he gets the hot tag to Drew McIntyre. McIntyre ran wild on the Viking Raiders with dual neck breakers. Went for the future shock DDT, but Ivar backed him into the corner. McIntyre hit a Michinoku driver on Ivar. Made it look like easy work. McIntyre, near fall. He went for a superplex on Ivar. That was not going to be easy. Eric made the save, hung McIntyre upside down in a tree of woe. Sheamus cut off Eric, hit white noise. McIntyre pulled himself up and launched Ivar over his head in the tree of woe position, pulled himself up, and overhead tossed Ivar off of the top rope. McIntyre recovered, hit a future shock DDT on Ivar. McIntyre went for the Claymore. Ivar stopped it. Sheamus and Eric tagged in, traded shots. Sheamus went for the bro kick, but Valhalla jumped on the apron. The Raiders took advantage. Ivar hit a big splash for a near fall. Raiders set up for a move. Sheamus broke free. McIntyre took out Eric with the Claymore. Sheamus then hit the bro kick on Ivar, and that was enough for the victory here on SmackDown. Cam G coming in with the $100 Super Chat. You love to see it, Cam G. Thank you so much, brother. 100 bomb getting the getting the, uh, the party started. The Super Chat party. Flairbot in that division, he says, is an illness. Luckily, the cure for me is watching OTS. Much love, J.D. Take care of that stang. OTS for life. Cam G, thank you so much again, brother. $100 Super Chat. I thought this match was great. This was a great tag team match. The Viking Raiders are a very good tag team. They are not uh, your Vince McMahon tag team, 
but Triple H molded them into what you see on the WWE roster. He had them in black and gold. They were very good on NXT. They are part of one of the best NXT tag team matches in company history with Aleister Black and Ricochet at TakeOver New York. No matter how good this match was, I I think the ending was always the eventual McIntyre and Sheamus win. There's no reason why they're going to lose to these two guys. And it looks like the tag team tournament is really being set up for McIntyre and Sheamus to win the tag team tournament. Now, do they beat the Usos? I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the Usos losing to anybody, no matter who it is. At the end of the day, I'd have Imperium win this fucking tournament. Because at least at that point, we get a great match out of it between two of the best tag teams in all of the fucking pro wrestling industry, never mind WWE. And it would be something that I could say, you know what, we got a great tag team match out of it. Imperium gets put over. They go through some tag teams in this tournament to really get some shine. And we get a great match out of it with the Usos winning and retaining the tag team titles. Now, you know they're going to go with Sheamus and Drew McIntyre because they want that unpredictability of them possibly losing one of these championships. I don't like it. And I just went on a rant earlier in the show. Usos should not be losing no matter what. If it's Sheamus, McIntyre, if it's Judgment Day, nobody. Nobody should be beating the Usos. But this was a fantastic match and probably going to be the best match in this entire tournament, to be honest with you. McIntyre and Sheamus advance. They face the winner of Hit Row and Los Lotharios. I wonder who's going to win that match. Basically, you can punch the Banger Bros into the finals. Now, I love this, man. You know what this is going to do? You know what this is going to do? We're going to get the Banger Bros versus Imperium in the finals. I have no problem with that at all. You're looking at one hell of a fucking banger in the finals of this tournament. It's going to be so good. So good. Sami Zayn, he walks into Roman's locker room. He wants to talk to Roman about being stiffed on the fist bump backstage. Sami approached Roman and Paul Heyman. He asked if Reigns had a quick second to talk. Reigns told him to sit. Sami said the greeting in the parking lot seemed a little frosty. He said, I love Sami Zayn's usage of words, frosty. It seemed a little frosty. Reigns saw how he looked last week and asked him to give him a straight answer this week. Sami said, everything is fine. Reigns said, no, tell me the truth. I want you to tell me the truth about what is going on. Sami said, all right. I was disappointed last week because... I was about to book Kevin Owens away, and then the Usos and Solo Sokoa attacked, and I didn't know that they were going to be out there. He said he didn't know the plan. So he says, KO keeps telling him, the bloodline is using you, and for a split second, it had him wondering if Kevin Owens was right. He said, it's all fine now. Reigns made no eye contact at any point with Sami Zayn and told Sami Zayn to get out. Get out of my locker room. And then he told Paul Heyman, wise man, get this guy out of here. He mentioned Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn mentioned Kevin Owens, and he doesn't like the sound of Kevin Owens' name. His anger got the best of him. 
So he doesn't want to hear Kevin Owens this, Kevin Owens that. He says he doesn't need his approval. Why are you, the honorary oos, trying to act like the tribal chief? Now the tribal chief has to go and reveal the plans to you? I got to go over all the plans with the honorary oos? What are we doing around here? Asked Roman Reigns. He told him to go find Kevin and stop using his bloodline. He then left Roman's locker room. Wasn't looking good. Wasn't looking good for the honorary oos, Sami Zayn. We got Raquel Rodriguez. <laughs> Rodriguez Gonzalez smiling as she cuts a promo talking about how she will win the Royal Rumble. Now, Raquel Rodriguez is not going to win the Royal Rumble. I think that would be an awful move. Rodriguez is not primed to win the Royal Rumble. She could have a great Royal Rumble and have five, six, seven eliminations. But Rodriguez winning the Royal Rumble, I think we can come up with a better winner for the ladies this year. L.A. Knight. L.A. Knight made his ring entrance. He said he's frustrated. He got on the microphone because he was wrestling a jobber, so you knew he didn't take this seriously. He's frustrated that Bray Wyatt is changing his story week to week. He's Uncle Howdy, and then he's not Uncle Howdy, and then he says he is him. I don't know what's going on. I don't. So L.A. Knight cut this promo saying that he was frustrated by it. He says, Bray has been living check to check on past glory. And he will turn off Bray's switch just like that at the Royal Rumble. So he went one-on-one with a local indie jobber, Brent Jones. He beat him in about 30 seconds with his finishing move. And then all of a sudden, we got the Firefly Funhouse music playing. And we got the logo appearing on the screen. And we are actually in the Firefly Funhouse. I mean, the geeks online were all popping and getting excited that we went back into the funhouse. I have terrible dreams of the Firefly Funhouse. Vince McMahon killed the Firefly Funhouse. Why would you want to go back there? Why would you want to go back there? So Bright Wyatt is there. We see Abby the Witch. We see Mercy the Buzzard. We see Rambling Rabbit. We see Huskis the pig, right? They're all laying dormant, and then they come back to life, and Bray has a hammer and nail, and he's fixing the funhouse door, and he's very stereotypical. He's bending over on his knees. Get your mind out of the gutter. And you see his ass crack, but you don't because it's covered by a Firefly logo, looking like some fucking uh, second-rate plumber over here, right? So... We see all the funhouse, and Rambling Rabbit is coming back to life. And he said, L.A. Knight is kind of like The Miz, but with muscles. And he also said he missed everyone so much, and he's excited to have fun with his friends once again. So Bray made fun of Knight for being named by his parents. Who names their son Los Angeles Knight? I chuckled at this. I thought that was humorous. He said he never had a chance. He chatted with the rabbit and said, it's normal to be afraid of the dark. Because Rambling Rabbit was talking about, oh, I'm afraid of the dark, right? 
What's a pitch black match? What's going to happen in the pitch black darkness? Everybody's afraid of the dark, says Bray Wyatt. He said, it's in the dark that things like to hide under the bed and come out and eat you when you are sleeping. Now, I thought Bray Wyatt was going to kill Rambling Rabbit again here, but he was very merciful to Rambling Rabbit because he was shaking scared. He was trembling, was Rambling Rabbit. So he winked and said, you should be scared of the dark. All of a sudden, we get on the Funhouse TV. Uncle Howdy showed up, and he kept saying, I told you so, over and over and over again. Just like how I usually do when something happens on WWE TV and the fucking majority of the community doesn't believe me, and then I sit here and tell you, I told you so. Basically, I'm Uncle Howdy. Basically, I am Uncle Howdy, and Uncle Howdy is copyright infringing on my gimmick. So, Bray then stared at the camera and got all evil and very cryptic and stoic. I hope you're satisfied. I hope you understand you are the one who opened the door, and whatever comes through it is your problem. He said this in a sinister tone, and then he all of a sudden gets cheerful and says, Bye! See you at the Royal Rumble! And the Funhouse segment comes to a close. Now, the Funhouse segment in this, in this situation, which I hope is a one-off and it's just used to kind of, you know, be that bridge between past Bray Wyatt and current Bray Wyatt as a bridge to kind of let Uncle Howdy do what he needs to do, right? I don't want to see a rehash of, of that. I, I think that needs to go away because that was Bray Wyatt of the past. That is a Bray Wyatt I don't really care to remember. I think there was a lot of negative and a lot of wrong that came with that Bray Wyatt. So, you know, the new gimmick and the new direction and Uncle Howdy is a fresh start, a fresh new beginning. And I don't want to go back into the funhouse all that often because it's just not a good feeling for most of us because we know how that all ended, right? I'm excited for this match because I honestly do think at the Royal Rumble, we are going to get the reveal of Uncle Howdy. I do. Now, I don't know what Bray Wyatt is going to be dressed as at the Royal Rumble. I don't know if he's coming as human Bray Wyatt. I don't know if he's going to be a different character. I don't know if it's going to be Uncle Howdy. Uh, I I don't know. It could be something new altogether because he said, you know, it is you. I hope you're satisfied. I hope you understand that you are the one who opened the door and whatever comes through is now your problem. Whatever comes through. Whatever comes through, we might not know what comes through. We might not have seen what comes through yet. But at the end of all this, at the end of all this, we need a reveal for Uncle Howdy. Whether it's one of the righteous, whether it's Vincent, whether it's Dutch, or whether it's Bo Dallas, which has been reported already by several outlets with Uncle Howdy being Bo Dallas. There needs to be a reveal. There needs to be something. L.A. Knight has been tremendous in this entire storyline, but he's not beating Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble. This is Bray Wyatt's first match back since being fired. There's no way L.A. Knight is winning this match. So whatever's going to happen, I hope WWE has a solid plan for it, and I hope that this pitch black match goes off and is pretty decent. Because anything that is now a sponsorship from a major corporation or a major brand and it somehow seeps onto WWE television, normally those don't go very well. 
Case in point, when The Miz was eaten by fucking zombies. We don't need anything with any major movie or corporation buying fucking TV ad time through WWE and somehow they need to make a match out of it. I hope to God they know what the fuck they're doing. I don't know what this match is. I don't know what it's going to entail. I don't know what it's going to look like. We have no clues, no hints, no news on anything. I don't know who's going to want to watch a match in pitch black darkness. But all I know is I hope that it really, really sets the Bray Wyatt character up for success. Otherwise, everybody's going to be feeling the same way they felt about The Fiend and the Funhouse when Vince McMahon fucking killed that with this current version of Bray Wyatt. I don't want to put a damper on things, but until I see this go off as a success, I'm going to have serious, serious reservations. And you cannot fault me for that. Yes, this is Bray Wyatt without Vince McMahon, supposedly. Yes, this is Triple H's WWE, supposedly. I hope to God they know what the fuck they're doing. Because if this match sucks, a lot of people are going to be unhappy. A lot of people are going to be unhappy. We got Los Lotharios, Humberto Carrillo, and Angel Garza. They went one-on-one with my favorite tag team in all of WWE. Top dollar and Ashante the Adonis known as Shiro. in this fucking venue, man. I didn't, I, come on, man. The walls aren't that fucking thin. Give me a break, man. Holy shit. This match went three minutes. You know, I'd like to apologize for being excited about Hit Row being back. I, I, I think they're fucking terrible. I, I really do. I, I think they are genuinely fucking terrible. They add nothing to the tag team division. And Ashante Adonis, actually, with all the talent that he possesses, is actually being brought down because Michael Cole is continuing to rag on Top Dollar for basically being Flop Dollar. It's now a running gag. This happened, what, three weeks ago? And it's still a thing because Michael Cole won't let it go. They suck. I'm sorry. They are legitimately shit row. And that, that skit probably is what got me banned or benched by Top Dollar, again, on social media. I'm sorry. I mean, am I supposed to sit there and like what I see on television when what I see on television is blatantly fucking terrible? There's nothing of a redeeming quality here coming out of any of their segments. They get no promo time. Top Dollar cuts promos on Twitter where it looks like his microphone is bought from Dollar Tree. I mean, this guy seems to be a big rap mogul, right? You'd think he'd have studio equipment to make him sound self or make himself sound good. Why can't you sound as good as me if I'm some low-budget fucking basement-dwelling podcaster? I mean, I got a fucking unbelievable green screen behind me with a mega-talented fucking team working on all my designs. I got an $800 microphone sitting on my fucking dresser drawer over there, and I got some of the best fucking equipment that a streamer could ever dream of. Yet Top Dollar sounds like he's fucking running off a $5 microphone. I'm sorry. 
Am I supposed to be impressed? If you're such a good rapper and you're such a good lyricist, maybe you should up the quality of your shit on social media. That's all I'm saying. Or better yet, why don't we see some of that shit on TV so maybe I can get invested in what I'm seeing with Top Dollar and Hit Row? They've done nothing. Nothing. They have flopped every opportunity they've been given. They went against the Usos, and what they do? Failed. Now they're in this tag team title tournament, and they're going to be used as a setup for Drew McIntyre and Sheamus to go into the finals. That's what you came back to WWE for? I see no growth at all in Hit Row. And the more I see Hit Row, the more I think they should have been sent back down to NXT. Because clearly, what I said the first time when they all blocked me, and the first time I got shit for it when I was actually factually correct, because what happened when I said they'd be fired in six weeks? What happened? They were all fired in six weeks because Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard don't get the gimmick. I said it then, and I'm going to say it now. They got called up way too soon, and Legato had to stay down there for how much longer, and they should have been brought up over hit row. And now I'm going to say the same thing that I said all those months ago. Hit Row should be back on NXT. Because clearly they are still a developmental gimmick and a group. This shit sucks. And Humberto Carrillo with Angel Garza. I'm sorry. Angel Garza is a fucking star. And this guy's being used as mid-card trash. Why? Humberto Carrillo is way too good of a pro wrestler to be fucking mixing it up with Hit Row and then losing in three minutes. So is Angel Garza. Why? Angel Garza should be wrestling for the Intercontinental title. Angel Garza should be fucking the, 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 the fucking Lothario that he is. Give him a fucking gimmick. Should be wrestling. For, he should be where Austin Theory is. I don't understand this. Why is he not where he needs to be? What is the hesitation there? You got guys like him, and you got Santos Escobar, and where are they? What are they doing? I understand give it time, but I mean, Jesus fucking Christ, how much time does Angel Garza need? Let's build him back up. Vince fucking killed him. I get it. Vince did nothing with him. I get it. But build him back up. He's worth more than fucking losing to Hit Row. Hit Row wins in three minutes. They face Drew McIntyre and Sheamus next week. An absolutely an inevitable loss. We got a soundbite of Braun Strowman. Wee! The Dummy Express is going to roll into the Royal Rumble. He says he's made a career out of chucking wrestlers out of the ring. Cole said Bray has the uh, not Bray Braun has the record for most eliminations in one Royal Rumble match at 13, and he's also won the greatest Royal Rumble. Yeah. Now, I, I'm sorry. We're not counting the greatest Royal Rumble in this Royal Rumble category. The greatest Royal Rumble is in a category of its own, okay? I don't even know why they called it the greatest Royal Rumble. It's a travesty that they even called it the greatest Royal Rumble. That Royal Rumble has nothing to do with what you see On January 28th. That was a 50-man Royal Rumble. This is a 30-man Royal Rumble. That meant nothing. They won a green fucking title. And this Royal Rumble is for the main event of WrestleMania. They are not the same. 
And if you think they are the same and you are going to compare stats of that Royal Rumble and men and women in that Royal Rumble to this with that, I'm sorry. Not the same thing and neither should be compared. He says he's going to win the Royal Rumble. Braun Strowman is not going to win the Royal Rumble. I'm sorry. Good luck next year, Braun Strowman. We got... Charlotte Flair making her way down the aisle. All hail the Queen. Charlotte made her way down the aisle. They replay clips of the Sony Deville-Charlotte feud that has basically gone nowhere. She's in the ring after a long-winded entrance because she absolutely adores herself and she can't get enough of herself. She's in the ring. She does Detroit. Woo! Charlotte as a babyface is fucking awful. It is nauseating. Nauseating. I don't know who I don't know who stands for this shit. Who thinks this is a good idea? Really? Charlotte is a bit. I can't stand the woman, period. I can't stand her as a heel. But as a baby face, my God, man, you're gonna make me hate her more than ever before. If I gotta listen to this fucking garbage anymore. She's out there. And she asked if Sonia has a problem with her. If you do. Why don't you want to Adam Pierce about it? Or maybe you could just hit her from behind. Maybe say it to my face. Sonia walks out. She's got a microphone. She says she doesn't care what the people of Detroit want to see. Well, I don't care about what you ladies have to say either. She asks Charlotte if she thinks she's not worthy. Fans are chanting, you suck at Sonia. She told Charlotte it took six people to tear 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 her off of her last week. Charlotte said she sees that Sonya is a star. She said she always told her she's a star, but so are the other women in the back. Oh, my God. Now I got to get Charlotte vouching for the other women in the locker room. Oh, my God, man. Where the fuck are we? Are we living in in a different dimension? Charlotte actually advocating for the women's locker room? Now we know for sure that hell is frozen over. She's a star, but so are the other women in the locker room. She asks why you, of all people, are acting so entitled. Wow, that's fucking, that's the the pot calling the kettle black. Charlotte calling somebody else entitled? (laughs) Oh, man. I didn't know Charlotte had comedy in her, man. Oh, my goodness, man. What, What are we taking? Dolph Ziggler comedy classes? Really? Like Charlotte isn't self entitled? She said she she lost and tapped out, so maybe she should be focusing on the Royal Rumble instead of jumping to the front of the line. Well, well, just like you? Just like you, you jumped to the front of the line, right? Why can't Sonya do it? Sonya asked Detroit if they like the idea of another match. She says she wants a fight. She'll fight her tonight. Sonya then said, nah, nah, I'm not going to fight you. On my time, I'll fight you. She was about to leave the ring. And then paused and said, well, listen, if you want to do the match, let's do it for the title. Put your title on the line. Adam Pierce walked out and says he's heard enough. So have I. Charlotte turned to him and Sonia attacked her from, from behind and then quickly left the ring after she cheap-shotted Charlotte. Pierce asked 
Sonia, what all that was about. And Sonia said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, I, I said this on Twitter, and y- you you could sit there and disagree with me all you want, because I know there are some Charlotte enthusiasts out there. There are some, some Charlotte stands out there. You know, I heard it for days after it happened. Well, uh, you know, it's better than Ronda. <laughs> right? That's all I heard. That's all I heard. Better than Ronda. Anything's better than Ronda. I'd rather have Charlotte as the champion over Ronda. Now you are seeing exactly what I'm talking about. Please, please. I would love somebody in the chat or somebody to reach into my DMs and tell me what exactly is different about the SmackDown women's division now that Charlotte Flair is the SmackDown women's champion. We don't got Ronda on TV. That's a huge positive. But we traded Ronda for someone who is equally as nauseating as Ronda in Charlotte, as a babyface, mind you. So I don't see where this huge difference is coming from, number one. Number two, what exactly has changed about the SmackDown women's division now that Charlotte is its champion? We're rehashing a Sonya Deville one-off feud because there's nothing else going on for Charlotte Flair on SmackDown. Why is that? Because she's buried the, the fucking entire division before she went away. Nothing's changed about the division now that she's back. She's facing the same locker room that she saw when she, re- when she left now that she's back. So again, I ask, what is the difference with Charlotte Flair as SmackDown Women's Champion? The answer is nothing. Nothing has changed. The champion is still garbage, right? The championship still means nothing. The division is complete dog shit. And there's not one single ounce of creative that is exciting coming out of that division. Yet I get people telling me, well, Sasha Banks is a turncoat and Naomi, blah, blah, blah. Now you know why Mercedes did not go back. I don't blame that woman for one single solitary fucking second for not coming back because this is exactly what she would have been coming back to. This division sucks. Everything about this division and Charlotte Flair fucking sucks. There's not one redeeming thing in this division, period. Okay? And I don't want to hear anybody's lip either. It's not a fucking thing that's changed. Now, what scares the living shit out of me is the fact that there is nobody for Charlotte on SmackDown to wrestle at WrestleMania because you know she's going into WrestleMania as a champion. And who the fuck is left? Who's left? Are we looking at Lacey Evans? Because for the love of God, I hope to God that's not what WWE is thinking. The military woman, Lacey Evans against Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. My God. If you need a bathroom break at any given time that weekend, there you go. Nobody gives a fuck about Lacey Evans to begin with. Then you're going to force our our feud on us with those two women? Holy shit. My God, the fucking division is going to need a goddamn exorcism after that. I've been saying this for weeks. I'm big on Rhea Ripley, okay? I'm big on Rhea Ripley. I said Rhea Ripley should win the Royal Rumble. Rhea Ripley winning the Royal Rumble, challenging Bianca Belair at WrestleMania would be a great way to get Rhea back into the spotlight because she's been doing the best work of her WWE career in the Judgment Day. 
We can have two birds with one stone situation here, okay? Rhea Ripley doesn't need to win the Royal Rumble. If the ladies are going to get an Elimination Chamber, Rhea Ripley could just win the Elimination Chamber and get the same title match against Rhea Ripley uh, and Bianca Belair at, at, at WrestleMania, right? She could win that match and get the same match out of Bianca that she would get by winning the Royal Rumble. So yes, Rhea Ripley winning the Royal Rumble would be a bigger deal for Rhea Ripley, but we can achieve the same outcome if we get a women's elimination chamber match, the way the, the the way the elimination chamber should be used in Montreal to get Ripley and Bianca at WrestleMania, okay? And the reason why I say this is not because I'm backtracking, not because I'm changing gears here about who I want. It's because specifically, Charlotte has nobody on SmackDown. And, and I'm being genuine with you. Charlotte has nobody for lesser or worse, nobody on SmackDown. But she does have somebody. Somebody that right now I do believe is on her way back to the company. Someone who I do believe would make for a great opponent for Charlotte at WrestleMania. And it would get a lot of people excited about the SmackDown Women's Championship. And I'm talking about Trinity. I'm talking about Naomi. Okay? I want to read you this excerpt. From Fightful Select, in regards to Naomi's status. Okay, Naomi called out Sap. I don't know if she, she didn't really mention Sap by name, but she quote tweeted a article that was put up on Ringside News that had Sap's name in it and Fightful Select. So, you know, people were saying that the report was falsified, that they mix words around and blah, blah, blah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't give a shit. I mean, Ringside News is trash. Whoever's running that fucking site is a complete lunatic and completely devalues any sort of journalism or, or journalistic fucking integrity, okay? They, they are nothing but complete dirt sheet, bottom-of-the-barrel garbage, okay? I, I, at, one, at one point or another, whoever was doing their exclusives was spot on. I don't know what the fuck happened to them. They had decent exclusives. Not all their information was bad. I don't know what happened there, man. It's like the whole fucking website, the whole operation got blown up, Okay. So I don't know if they legitimately falsified words or mixed words around or whatnot. So this is coming directly from Fightful. What I'm reading to you is coming directly from Fightful, okay? Naomi hasn't wrestled since May. She hasn't wrestled since May. That's when she walked out with Mercedes. She walked out of WWE. Mercedes and Naomi were suspended from WWE, okay? Now, I want to go back to that situation a lot of people, and still, still to this day, nobody has raised the question of what if, right? A lot of people painted Mercedes in a bad light in that situation. Everybody that reported that situation, they all said, well, Mercedes, Sasha Banks walked out and Naomi followed, right? Who's to say? That Naomi wasn't the one pissed off, walked out of WWE, and Sasha, being the good friend, walked with Naomi as a way to back her up. Why did Mercedes need to be the one to walk away? I, I don't understand that. You know, because she's the bigger name. Let's, let's get the bigger name in the guilty column, right? Let's throw dirt on Mercedes being that she's the bigger star because it's going to equal more views and more clicks and all this other shit. And we're going to paint Sasha in a terrible light. Who's to say Naomi didn't fucking walk out and Sasha followed? Why did it have to be Sasha walked out and Naomi followed? Like, Naomi doesn't have a fucking reason to walk out of the company. 
I, I don't understand that. I never understood that. You made it seem like Naomi didn't have a fucking reason to walk out and that she just blindly followed like a fucking lost puppy. She followed Mercedes out of the company. She had every fucking reason to want to walk out of the company. You know damn well she did. Don't let me fucking repeat myself, okay? Fightful sources have claimed that not only was Naomi's contract close to expiring at the time of the walkout, but both sides seemed excited to extend the deal. Specifically, Fightful was told that Naomi was likely headed for the biggest money contract of her career before things got derailed by the situation back in May that led to she and Sasha Banks walking out. Now, there were reports back in May, right? Right before Hell in a Cell. WWE, you know, it was... I don't know what the situation was as far as, you know, where Sasha and Naomi were immediately. I don't know what was talked about. I don't know where their feelings were. I don't know them personally, right? But long after that, it wasn't even long after that. It was it was around Hell in a Cell, right? Around Hell in a Cell going into July, we started hearing rumors of, oh, Sasha Banks is being released. All of a sudden, Raj Geary of Wrestling Inc. put that shit out. Yeah, Sasha Banks is... Is released. We heard that shit in the summertime that Sasha Banks was released from the company and he died on that hill. And luckily, he was correct, right? He had his sources. He put that shit out. He wouldn't have put that shit out unless he got legit information from a trusted source that he knew he was going to end up being right on. He's not going to risk his integrity or his reputation on something like that with a name like Sasha Banks. It was being reported then that Mercedes was in negotiations to, to, to get out of her WWE contract. And then all of a sudden we got news about, oh yeah, Sasha isn't taking anything up until January 2023. That was around Hell in a Cell, right? It was then also where we got the same reports of Naomi having her contract. Fightful even said Naomi's contract was close to expiring at the time of the walkout. So let's piece this together. So if Naomi's contract was close to expiring at the time of the walkout, say the walkout happened, and then we go into the next pay-per-view, you guys know the deal, right? You guys know the story that was being reported. Vince and Bruce wanted Sasha to put over Ronda at Hell in a Cell. They wanted both of these ladies to move away from their tag team obligations, and they wanted Sasha to go put over Ronda like, like we haven't seen that before. And that's the best use of Sasha that you got. And then Naomi was going to be split, moved over to Monday Night Raw, and she was supposed to put over Bianca at Hell in a Cell. So we were supposed to get these two title matches with both the tag team champions wrestling individual matches to help get two people over that have already been over. And I said this then, Sasha already put over Ronda. Ronda is a fucking disaster, and now you're asking Sasha to do something that inevitably will fail. If Ronda can't get herself over, what the fuck is Sasha going to do in that situation? And Bianca, Sasha put over Bianca at WrestleMania. What the fuck is Naomi going to do? And this is the situation that I was talking about. This, this was your Hell in a Cell situation. 
So from my understanding here, around the time of this walkout, it would bring us to hell in a cell. And Naomi's contract was probably up around the time of that supposed Bianca Belair and Naomi match. And being that she walked out, the contract was just expired. The contract was expired. So then Fightful says, there were sources in the fall who claimed Trinity maintained positive contact with WWE. I believe that. I believe that. Her husband still works there. So I'm assuming that there was some positive contact, now especially with Triple H in charge, right? Though we haven't been able to verify that as it was kept close to the vest, if so. In the light of the bloodline acknowledgement ceremony, many are asking about her status. One WWE higher-up said that we also spoke to, you know, claimed that there had been contact between the two sides and that they're confident Naomi will be in WWE again. The report also said, now I don't know where this came from. Fightful did not issue this, this next, this situation I'm about to tell you in their report. But Ringside News ended up putting up something on their website. They said that Naomi was set to make a mega, mega money deal. More money than she's ever made in her entire WWE contract. And Fightful even says it here. They say Naomi was likely headed, likely headed for the biggest money contract of her career before things got derailed by the situation back in May. Now, if Sasha was already in negotiations with WWE to be released, and Naomi was still under contract with WWE, and the summer ends, and then we get into the fall, like Fightful says, and they want to talk to Naomi, and they want to offer her uh, the biggest money contract of her career. But we heard reports that WWE didn't want to pay Sasha, and that Sasha had peaked in WWE, right? So Sasha had peaked. You don't want to pay Sasha, but now you want to pay Naomi to come back to the WWE. Why? Why why is that? I I didn't understand that when I first read it. You you want to pay Naomi, but you didn't want to pay Sasha to keep Sasha in WWE. According to the report, Sasha was willing to talk. She wanted money. She wanted a big payday. She wanted what she thought she deserved, and WWE didn't give it to her. They told her that she peaked and that she wouldn't be the same superstar that Charlotte and Becky Lynch were. I find that to be ridiculous. But you don't want to pay Sasha, but you want to pay Naomi. What happened here, from all that I gather, is Sasha was on her way to negotiating a release of her contract. She was already gone. Sasha was already gone from WWE. Thus, we got the Raj Giri situation on Twitter where he tweeted that Sasha has been released from WWE. He got that information and put it out weeks after this happened, right? Then we get this report. So Sasha was already released. Naomi now apparently is likely headed for the biggest money contract of her career. Why is that? Why is that? I want you guys to think. WWE did not want to lose Mercedes and Naomi in the same year. So they felt, well, Mercedes is out. She already made her decision. She's going to do what she does in 2023. We don't want to lose Trinity, Naomi either. 
So they opted to pay Naomi because they were acting on desperation and they didn't want to lose both of them and have them both end up in AEW away from WWE or anywhere else for that matter. It doesn't have to be AEW. So they wanted to pay Naomi to keep her in WWE because they already had lost Sasha and they don't want to lose both of them. Another thing is, everybody's like, where's Naomi going to go? Naomi's staying with the WWE. Naomi's not going anywhere. WWE will pay Naomi. WWE will keep Naomi. And I want you guys to understand this as well. Some of you are not thinking about this either. If Naomi leaves the WWE, who is she in direct communications with? Through Naomi, anybody that gets Naomi is going to have easy access to the bloodline. Now, I'm not saying Roman Reigns is ever going to leave the WWE or Solo Sokoa or the Usos, but if Trinity leaves the WWE, she's leaving her family, and whoever gets Naomi is going to have access to the entire bloodline because she's married to Jimmy Uso. And from there, you make your own assumptions. WWE does not want anybody related to or in association with the Anawaii family to go somewhere else. They are a WWE property. They don't want anybody in that fabled family to go work somewhere else. So that is probably one of the biggest reasons why they don't want Naomi to go anywhere and that they will talk, they will have communications, and they will pay her whatever the fuck she wants. So yes, I think Naomi is back with the WWE. I think she will be in the Royal Rumble. And to be quite honest with you, I think Naomi should win the Royal Rumble. I'm tired of this bullshit because I could see it now. Now, if Vince was in charge, I could definitely see it where they would just rag on Sasha and fucking make Sasha look like a piece of shit. I don't, I, I hope to God this current administration doesn't do anything to really kind of pile on to Sasha or make fun of Sasha or this or that. Naomi should win the Royal Rumble. Naomi and Charlotte at WrestleMania. Now, I understand some people might have some hesitation to that. Why would you reward somebody for walking out? They walked out on Vince. They walked out on Laurinaitis. They walked out on Bruce. They walked out because there was problems. There was problems. Look at what they had both of these women potentially do. Sasha was supposed to wrestle Ronda. Naomi was supposed to wrestle Bianca. Right? These two women were supposed to put over two women, two women who were already over or should have been over, and it would have amounted to nothing. And then you expect, do you honestly think that after all that, after all that WWE wanted them to do, do you honestly think that Vince and Bruce had any plans for the fucking tag team titles after Sasha and Naomi did what they were asked to do? No. And then you're asking me why they walk out? Why, why did Naomi let her contract expire? Because there were no fucking plans for anybody. If you think that Vince and Bruce had plans for Naomi and Sasha as tag team champions, you're a fucking idiot. There were no plans. That's why they left. That's why Sasha left. That's why Naomi let her contract expire. They were asked to do something that was utterly ridiculous, and then they found out there was no plans for the tag team titles after that, and then you want them to stay? Now it's a different administration. It's a completely different world. For now, Naomi... Is she going to be rewarded for walking out? Honestly, let bygones be bygones. Let water under the bridge. If, it, if it's right and it's the right creative, then we do it. 
Because right now, Naomi is the best choice possible for anybody, for, for Charlotte, I should say, out of anybody on SmackDown. And she should win the Royal Rumble, and Naomi should be the SmackDown Women's Champion. Imagine, you know, instead of ragging on Sasha and putting Sasha down and fucking blasting her for not being back with the WWE, she's more than likely going to beat Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship. Imagine Sasha is the IWGP Women's Champion, and Naomi is the SmackDown Women's Champion, and they are both in two different companies. They were tag team champions. They walked away together. They are now back in separate companies doing what they love to do, and they're both women's champions in two different promotions. Instead of fucking, you know, belittling Sasha or Mercedes and ragging on her, we should celebrate the fact that these women walked out on an evil prick who had no value for either one of them or the tag team championships in that division to leave, go do their own thing, and become champions and overcome it all. It should be celebrated and not fucking torn down. Honestly. Honestly. And on top of that, it's long overdue. And you know Charlotte and Naomi had some bangers not too long ago in 2022. You know they did. And I said it then, I'm going to say it now. It's worthy of a WrestleMania match. And Naomi should win. But that's my interpretation of what happened here. She let her contract expire. Mercedes was was already gone. They already already worked a deal out for for her to walk. She couldn't do shit until January. But Naomi let her contract expire. After, after they found out that they had to wrestle Ronda and Bianca individually and then there were no plans, they weren't coming back. There was no way they were coming back to the WWE. Then you want to offer a big money deal. Mercedes is not there. You already let Mercedes go. She's, she don't want to be there. So, of course, you're going to offer Mer- uh, Naomi a big money deal just to keep her. Why do you want both of them gone? You're better off salvaging one, right? Instead of letting Naomi go... Wherever Sasha goes, WWE acted out of desperation because they did not want to lose her based on the fact that they lost Mercedes. If you just use your fucking head, you could see where all this was going. Big money deal, blah, blah, blah. She called out SAP. She called out ringside news. Good. Good. It is what it is. I love when journalists in the community get something wrong and they're all high and mighty, but when they get something wrong, they're walking backwards and they're backtracking as fast as they fucking can. Love it. Moving on. Roman Reigns. He asked Paul Heyman in the back, do you believe this guy? Meaning Sami Zayn. Heyman took a deep breath and said, he's never liked Shmuley since day one. He says he's tried to look at things from the perspective of the special counsel. He said it might be better when he's about to sign a contract to face Kevin Owens. It might be better to have Sami Zayn in the castle pissing out instead of out of the castle pissing in. So basically, Paul Heyman is standing up for Sami Zayn and trying to convince Roman Reigns that he's better in the bloodline than away from the bloodline. Brawling Brutes, they went up against Imperium. Nine minutes here. This was very good for what it was. I could have watched these guys go for another nine minutes. 
should have been just as long as the match between McIntyre and Sheamus against the Viking Raiders earlier in the show. But I thought this was a very good match as well for the tag team title tournament. Uh, Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser of Imperium, they were isolating Butch on their side of the ring. Butch tried fighting back by attacking Kaiser's hand. Imperium gained control of the match, knocking Ridge off the apron. Holland got the hot tag after a commercial break. He ran wild on Kaiser with a running power slam. Butch hit a moonsault off the apron onto Vinci. Butch climbed to the top rope. Vinci caused a distraction by throwing Holland into the steps. In the ring, Butch got the ankle lock on Kaiser and switched to an armbar. Kaiser dragged Butch to his side of the ring. Vinci got the tag and hit the moonsault for a near fall. Butch now fighting with Vinci on the apron and Kaiser in the ring. Butch knocked Vinci off the apron. Kaiser took advantage and kicked Butch in the back of the head. Butch fell. Vinci caught him in a suplex, hit a brain buster on the outside, which looked brutal. Back in the ring, Imperium hit the Imperium bomb on Reg Holland for the 1-2-3, and they advanced to the semifinals to go up against the winner of the Maximum Male Models and Legato del Fantasma match later on in the show. Karrion Cross. He and Scarlett discussed his upcoming match with Rey Mysterio. And I'm very excited to see where this goes with Cross and Mysterio. That should be a great match. So they're back there. And he says he's going to take out Rey Mysterio and 29 other superstars in the Royal Rumble. He said, Time is running out for everyone. Tick tock. Rey Mysterio and Karrion Cross takes place takes place next week on SmackDown. Shayna Baszler, she issued a warning via promo to the other women in the Royal Rumble to stay away from her or else she will tear them apart limb by limb. Shayna Baszler deserves a lot better as well. But I don't think Shayna Baszler is going to win the Royal Rumble. Not even close. WWE had this great video package for Monday Night Raw. Highlight clips. Over the last 30 years, they aired a video featuring uh, Raw's history, uh, celebrities, all the big moments such as uh, Ronda Rousey putting Stephanie in an armbar, Austin hitting Vince McMahon with a bedpan, Shawn Michaels hugging Bret Hart, Judgment Day turning on Edge, 1-2-3 Kid pinning Rey Mysterio, Biggie cashing in his WWE title, Rock playing guitarist Hollywood Rock, one of my favorite segments of all time. Shane McMahon on Nitro, the Yes chant with all the fans in the ring with Brian right before WrestleMania, Austin spraying Vince with the beer in that iconic moment, DX Mike Tyson, Cody Rhodes. Excellent video package. I'm, I'm super stoked about Monday Night Raw for the 30th anniversary. Jimmy Hart, Ted DiBiase, IRS, Money Incorporated is going to be there. DDP, The Godfather, Medusa, Hulk Hogan was added to the legends. The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels are going to be there. Ric Flair is going to be there. It's going to be a loaded show on Monday. And I will be live after it is all over right here on OTS. Legato, they went up against Maximum Male Models. As you would expect, Legato wins in three minutes. Selena was on commentary. She said that her boys would win. They did. And she announced that she will be in the Royal Rumble as part of the women's Royal Rumble match. So, uh, Wild and Del-, Del Toro, they went for a double suicide dive on Massey. Wild stopped dead in his tracks. He looked for Massey and found him on the other side of the ring. Wild took out Massey with a dive. Legato then hit the Russian leg sweep in Zuguri 
finish on Mansois to advance in the semifinals? Nothing. I don't know why the maximum male models are even on TV. Sounds like a Vince suggestion, if you ask me. Sami Zayn. He came back to talk to Roman Reigns in the locker room, and he sat down with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns told Sami that he has a temper, and he wasn't hearing Sami's desire for communication and being part of the game plan. He says he's a perfectionist like him. He said that's why they get along. Sami looked very relieved. He said, thank you for understanding. He said he walked in to the locker room expecting the worst, and what he said means the world to him. Reigns says it's on him. He said sometimes he just expects the same amount of love and respect and loyalty that he gives out. Sammy says he he shouldn't say that and insisted they all love him. You're the one steering the whole ship, he said. This is nothing without you. He says he will always put what is best for the bloodline first. He also said he'll do whatever he wants and for him to go and do it, please. Reigns says he needs him to go find the Usos and make sure the SUVs are in place and that the jet is ready to go. He says they're going to sign the contract, and then he wants the bloodline to get the hell out of there. Sammy thanked him and offered a fist bump. Reigns paused and then said, I owe you one, and fist bumped Sammy Zane. Sammy smiled, left. Heyman smiled and whispered to Roman Reigns, Thank you, my tribal chief. Good stuff. Good stuff. Layers upon layers upon layers. Then we get the contract signing. Reigns made his entrance along with Solo Sokoa. We, we had about maybe five minutes left in the show. Reigns' entrance took about four. Owens is nowhere to be found. Reigns is sitting there, puts his feet up on the table like he's watching a fucking football game. Heyman is there, and Solo's out there. Owens, all of a sudden, barged into the ring and hopped the barricade, threw Solo out of the ring, beat up Reigns, gave him a stunner, Super kicked Solo, who tried to get back into the ring, knocked him to the outside. Usos ran out. KO fended them off with super kicks, threw one of them into the barricade. He gets back into the ring, pop-up powerbomb on Reigns through the table, and KO looked around and saw Heyman cowering in the corner. He snatched the contract from Heyman. He signed it. Sammy ran out to the ring and eyed KO angrily. KO smiled. He left as Sammy tried to chase. It was too late. He let him go, and Kevin Owens jumped the barricade again and ran into the crowd as the show went off the air. I thought this was great. Kevin Owens says, I know exactly what these contract signings mean. I know what happens here. I'm just going to get the party started early and end this fucking night quick as possible. That's exactly what he did. Powerbomb through the table on Roman Reigns. It was a very good closing angle. I loved it. It was chaotic. Kevin Owens shows up. He stuns. He causes chaos. He beats up Reigns. Signs the contract and leaves. I said this on Monday. Triple H is treating Kevin Owens like a legit superstar. And he looks fucking great. I love it. I'm so excited for this match at the Royal Rumble. Very good closing angle for the show. You got to wonder, though, is Roman Reigns going to be upset at Sami Zayn like I mentioned before? It was just that little hesitation on Sami Zayn for not getting in the ring to stop Kevin Owens while Kevin Owens beat up Solo. He beat up Roman. He beat up the Usos. Sami Zayn was the only one there. He ran out late. He didn't do anything to get in the ring and stop Kevin Owens. He just stared at him, let Kevin Owens go and run away. Or maybe he gets upset at Sami for not listening to the plan. Get the car ready. Make sure the jet is ready, but you're out here. I told you to go do that, yet you're out here. Sami Zayn thought better 
of the situation. And he thought, hey, I should go help my guys. Meanwhile, if he stayed away, he probably would have been blamed for it anyway because he didn't come out there and help them as an honorary oos, a part of the bloodline. So either way, Sami Zayn would have been fucked either way. You know, it's a lose-lose situation for Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn was late to get to the ring despite Roman giving him orders to do other things. So Roman Reigns, one way or another, is going to have anger problems and he's going to blame Sami Zayn for something next week. But what is he going to blame Sami for? We don't know. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you hanging out on the post show tonight. Hopefully, I uh, I made some sense of some things. Hopefully, I entertained you. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed what you heard here. Love it. Happy to be here live with you guys on Off the Script, man. Seriously. Was very excited to start the live stream tonight. Had a big workout day. I'm sore as shit. But I appreciate you guys hanging out with me tonight on OTS. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. And please make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I'm going to need a thousand likes minimum. On tonight's post show on Off the Scripts. And we're looking at 739 likes. Why? I know there are people in the chat that that have not hit the thumbs up. You're going to have to hit the thumbs up, man. Please. I would really appreciate it. Tonight's show is sponsored by Manscaped. We got some breaking news, folks. Manscaped now sells beard products. Yes. Beard products. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped's products to make your drapes match the carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code SCRIPT20 at checkout. 20% 20% off and free shipping. Man, this beard hedger sounds really fucking exciting. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, it's cordless. It has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. That is incredible. The, 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 the razor I have now, man, the one that I use, it's all over the place. I got so many different attachments, so many different lengths, so many different things I got to put on to get the right shave. It's all in one now. Unbelievable. It's waterproof. You can shave in the shower. And it's a titanium-coated T-blade. It's tough enough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. Then you got the beard shampoo and conditioner. You got the beard oil, an essential piece for your main facial accessory. And the beard balm. This is going to style, moisturize, and tame for a sculpted look to attract any fellow's or any of the ladies. The Pro Beard Kit also comes with three feet free gifts, a beard brush, a comb, and scissors to ensure your beard is ready to impress. Man, I love this. I can't wait to get mine. 
so good. 20% off, free shipping, code SCRIPT20 at checkout, manscaped.com, the Beard Hedger, one stroke, one guard, 20 lengths. And I want to thank them for sponsoring Off the Script right here for the SmackDown Post Show. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Get them on in. Joseph Taylor with an $11 Super Chat. My top three Adam Cole matches are Kyle O'Reilly, NXT. Stand and deliver night two. The Great American Bash versus Kyle, 2021. And two out of three falls versus Kyle. Takeover, 36. Joseph Taylor, your top three Adam Cole matches do not include Johnny Gargano at TakeOver New York? As far as I'm concerned, bro, your your, your list is shit. How don't you include Johnny Gargano and Adam Cole at TakeOver New York? Wrath the Wall with $10 Super Chat. I know I'm in the minority, but I'm a grown adult. Now, I'm not watching another grown adult talk to dolls on TV. This isn't Sesame Street. This isn't Blue's Clues. This is WWE. Fuck the Firefly Funhouse. Listen, Rathwell, I um, I can't fault you for that, bro. I can't fault you for that, man. I agree. Thank you for the 10. DC with a Canadian $10 Super Chat. Hey, JD, did you see Bret Hart is opening his own bar in Calgary? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I'll be there, and I'll have a few for you opening night. Who would you want to see in today's era? Russell Brett is prime. OTS for life. Man, who who don't I want to see Russell Brett? AJ Styles, Finn Balor, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa. So many guys. Adam Cole. So many guys, bro. Brett is one of the greatest of all time. Michelle Moran with a $5 Super Chat. Only good thing tonight was Bloodline KO and Sammy may be in deep shit for arriving to the party late somehow. I see Sammy involved in KO Roman at the Royal Rumble. Maybe. Maybe, Michelle. Joe King with a $3 Super Chat. JD, your most anticipated game of 2023. Mine is Resident Evil 4. Yes. I'm also interested in this Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy. I love me a good RPG. And my my number one is Lightfall, Destiny 2. Tommy Brannigan with a 12 months. Thank you for the 12 month VIP, brother. JD, last Saturday at the house show in Roanoke, Virginia, I represented the OTS family with my JD Rilla shirt. Cheers to you, Tommy. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Jesse is correct as well. Fight forever if it does come out this year. Jesse, what's your light level, bro? Don't tell me you're below 1,600, bro. 1,605, and I just... I just completed my, uh, this week, actually, my revision zero. Catalyst is fully complete. And now I'm working on the seasonal 
um, crafted weapons. I got the machine gun crafted. I'm, I'm working on the glaive right now. I'm working on the f- uh, linear fusion rifle now. Fire and forget. Then I'll work on the Icolos SMG. Then I got the disparity pulse rifle I got to work on. And then I think after that, I'm done with the seasonal shit because I don't care about anything else. 15 night left. Weak, bro. Weak. Weak. Get on my level, clown. Uh, Coquino with a $5 super chat. I haven't seen many people mention Rick Boogs possibly returning at the Rumble. I hope he does as I found him very entertaining. I love to see Rick Boogs back, but as a solo and as the gimmick he played in NXT. I think that'd be great. I think him and Elias could do something really funny. Him and Elias would be a great tag team, I think. Chris Phoenix with a five-month. Thank you, brother. Hey, JD, just got off, so didn't watch the show, but couldn't miss your review. Keep up the great work, and what the fuck are you drinking? OTS for life, Chris Phoenix. Thank you so much, man. Thomas Malloy with a 499. It's incredible to see what Roman Reigns has become from being booed out of the building regularly to what he is today, a true master of his craft. Well, I mean, it's what happens when uh, Vince doesn't have any say in what's going on. I think Roman is at the top of his game completely, man. This is the best Roman Reigns we could have possibly ever asked for. Honestly. Marquise with a new membership. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for the new membership. Lance Lewis with a 199. Darby Oliver's Buddy Matthews next week. I know. Take my money. Dom Wapo with a 199. Very good SmackDown. Rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. Eric Newton with a $10. WWE's new motto should be abandon all hope. Who watch our shows with Vince back. I hope to God I'm wrong, but I don't have a good feeling for the Royal Rumble or WrestleMania anymore. Listen, man, we'll see what happens. Uh, I just can't see Vince staying away because it's WrestleMania season. You know he's going to have some creative say. You know it. Cam G, thank you again, brother, for the 100 bomb. I appreciate you, man. Not today, Jay, with a 499. I really hope Papa H doesn't mess up Bray Wyatt. I honestly don't think he will. I hope not. Dan from Detroit. Five-month OTS VIP. JD, what would you think if Amazon bought WWE? I don't give a fuck who buys WWE as long as Vince is not in charge. Whoever buys WWE needs to say, Vince, goodbye. Stay away. Ricardo Little with a $10 Super Jack. Charlotte Flair telling Sony that she is acting in title and demanding title matches when she feels like it's so is so rich. I almost threw up in my mouth. That's why I laughed at it tonight, Ricardo. I thought it was hilarious in the worst way possible. Philip Newton, $4.99. I know it's a day late, but rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. You're, you're a couple of days late, bro. We got the news on Tuesday night. Rest in peace, Jay Briscoe. Not today, Jay, with a 499. The Raw 30 promo was fantastic and was put together amazingly. Yes, I thought it was great. Phil Newton with a 499. Mercedes Monet is training with Kushida for her match with Kyrie. And it's going to be a banger. New Japan and stardom for life. 
I will be watching that at some point that weekend. AWC Legend with a 449. Awesome show tonight. JD, OTS for life. Love sent from Ireland. Legend, I appreciate you, brother. Edmund Van Buren with a 199. Fantasy booking. Who wins? Mil Muertes or Mil, Mil, Mil Muertes? Easily. Bro, Mil Muertes is a fucking beast. So good. He was so good in Lucha on the ground, man. Mike NY with a $2 super chat. I wish KO could get a good run with the WWE title. Maybe one day, bro. Maybe one day. When Roman is no longer champion. You can't really book anybody to be world champion with Roman right now. Joseph Terrell with a $5 super chat. Adam Culver's Johnny takeover New York was... But Adam Culver's Johnny takeover New York, takeover 25, and takeover Toronto. I don't give I, I, bro, I don't I don't care. A- anything Adam Cole and Johnny is probably at the top of the list in NXT. And, and Johnny Champa. Everything else underneath those two feuds. Yeah, bearded fern. Yeah, they 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 fucking nerfed the retrofit escapade, bro. I, I don't know why, man. I was just having fun with the volatile rounds. Now I got to find something else. Uh, Edmund Van Buren with a 199 Super Chat. Fantasy booking. Who wins? Mil- uh, I just got that. Mil Muertes. Thank you, brother. Yes, Mil-, Mil Muertes is a beast. And DGK Dog with three months in the VIP club. Just saw Lita will also be a part of Raw 30. Do you think she will be in the Rumble or maybe have a WrestleMania match? Bro, Triple H has brought back so many women that we do not need to dip into the fucking nostalgia pool for the Royal Rumble. We don't. Same thing for the men. One, two, maybe three surprises and everybody else on the current roster. We don't need Kelly Kelly or Lita or Trish or fucking Alicia Fox or none of these fucking scrubs in the Royal Rumble. WWE's got enough women between NXT, Raw, and SmackDown to fit in the Royal Rumble. They got more than enough. You want to include some people you don't know? Put Nikita Lyons in the Royal Rumble and have her fucking go a solid 20 minutes. Cora Jade, Roxanne Perez, Tiffany Stratton. We don't need WWE to go out and get fucking uh, Candice Michelle. Give me a break. Lame. Anyway. I'm about to get out of here, guys. I appreciate you all very much. What a stream tonight. If you enjoyed the stream, I would really appreciate you guys hit the thumbs up. Helps me out tremendously. 817 likes. Let's try for 1,000 before we get out of here, man. Next time you see me live will be on Sunday night. Episode 460 of the podcast. We'll go over uh, all the week's news as we usually do. And then you guys will probably get an extra tomorrow, I believe. It's Pokemon Go Community Day, bro. I'll be playing some Pokemon Go in the afternoon. Don't know where, but that's what I'm doing tomorrow afternoon. Pokemon Go and a nice couple of cold beverages. Sounds good to me, man. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you all hanging out. Uh, Hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the super chats. Thank you for the memberships. I appreciate you all. Uh, extra tomorrow, more than likely. We got some news on The Rock and whatnot. 
And you guys will see me live on Sunday night. Manscaped. Check out manscaped.com. Code SCRIPT20 at checkout. Go get yourself that beard hedger, man. The pro kit. Can't wait to get mine. We'll do an unboxing on the show. And please follow me on social media at JD from NY206, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. And go check out the homepage for all the latest content on the channel. Guys, I need those VIP ace emojis in the chat. Rock on emojis in the chat. I need those Mustang emojis in the chat. And I need that music turned up to max. I'll see you tomorrow for some extra. And I'll see you live Sunday night. We're off the script 460, guys. Have a good night. And I'll see you later.